2: All things Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea!
3: Chelsea!
2: Chelsea! Yeah! Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick.
0: Chelsea! Welcome back Chelsea fans to another summer podcast with the London is blue crew. That's right. We've got the entire team back at it again uh, for another round of keep sell loan. Dan, that's right. We did our first team players in case everyone missed it last week and uh, knowing Chelsea as well as all of us do, there is an entire second, third, fourth, fifth, and even sixth team under the Chelsea
3: books.
1: Yeah. It's kind of cool. You know, you know, I think about like growing up as a kid when you were in class and, you know, maybe you got picked last to be a part of a team, Nick. It, it doesn't seem like that would ever be a problem for anyone at Chelsea. Like they've never experienced a moment where they were the last ones selected because uh, we basically could create, you know, multiples of teams uh, compared to maybe other sports.
2: Is that a, was that a fat kid joke? Is that what you were doing there? Hmm? Um, uh, no, it was definitely not a fat kid joke. It was more of a <laughs> I was terrible at sports and got picked last joke. Um yeah yeah I I think first of all, for those who are, who are um, semi-new to this format, uh, Dan and our our guests have done an incredible amount of research and put together what what is in essence 63 pages of notes and um, so I, yeah, I want to give massive credit uh, as we were going through this uh, script as to how many players are, on the on the books how many players could make an impact we're gonna you know distill this down to something a little more reasonable to uh to consume but just wanted to give massive massive credit to those guys for for doing all the research it's an insane list guys like there are so many talented uh players both on the academy and on loan uh so we're gonna roll through that uh brandon and try and make the best out of of what we can right that's right. We're
0: doing our Youth Academy and Loan Army Keep, Sell, Loan, a little bit of a different format. So obviously to help give us some better context, we brought Joe Tweeds back on the podcast as our in-house expert. Welcome back, Tweeds.
3: Hey guys, yeah. Glad to be back on as usual.
0: I love it. We've had you on so many times and you always say the same thing when I introduce you. So I appreciate your <laughs> consistency.
3: I have to be consistent in life. It has to be a consistent thing.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so, anyways, like I said, we're doing the keeps alone. It's gonna be a little bit different, as we mentioned. There are literally a uh, hundred players between the Lone army and the youth academy. So instead of you know doing a, a fifty part series, we're just gonna kind of pick out the top three to four players or or ones with the the most experience that we've had or maybe most notable to talk about and say, hey, uh, how did they do recently? And do we think that they have a chance to fit in at Chelsea, even with the uncertainty around the man? So, again, if you feel like we left out a lot of players and you want us to do another round of this, let us know. We're happy to continue to go down the Youth Academy and Lone Army list as much as you all want. So if you do, you have to get in touch with us. But anyways, real quick, uh, we do have our shout out to our dear, dear friends at WorldSoccerShop.com. Nick, thanking them for their support.
2: Absolutely, uh, WorldSoccerShop dot com. Uh, head on over. They have uh, your current, you know, seventeen eighteen Chelsea kits on sale. Uh, they're pretty pretty well discounted at this point, and the new kits are there as well. We have a code to use um, until the end of the month, and we'll see kind of how that how that code changes up or what we can do with that. Uh, that is London Pod, uh, all one word. So that'll get you 10% off. Use it for customization, use it for shipping, buy more stuff. It's all up to you. Uh, but worldsockshop.com, do it. All
0: right, well, we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to jump right into this one. Uh, specifically, this episode is going to be the Youth Academy, all right? So kicking it off, as we did with the first team, the most important position in the world. Without it, this world would be <laughs> nothing, the goalkeepers. And uh, mm-hmm. the one we want to pull out, actually, is Marcin Bulka, an 18-year-old Polish goalkeeper at the club Um interesting tweet from our friend Mark Worrell on Twitter saying just a thought, if Real Madrid are willing to pay a 100 million pounds for Thibaut Courtois, I would take it make Big Willie the main man under the bar for a season or two and promote Marcin Bulka to the first team squad with a view to taking over I'd use some of the 100 mil to install heating at the CFC UK stall (laughs) and to be fair, I mean, they they could use it, they are out there, rain, shine winter, Dan, it is relentless from them
1: it would be better than having to bring him hot chocolate occasionally. It, you know, it, it would probably sustain him just a little bit longer. But uh, for for those who who don't know, Bolko is like 6'5", and uh, we we signed him when he was 16, coming out of Barcelona's academy in Poland, and has spent time within our our youth ranks, uh, playing this season more so in the development squad versus the uh, under-18s, or U18s. So he made... Uh, A grand total of uh, 27 appearances so far uh, across those two teams for Chelsea and uh, you know I think you mentioned Joe there was a little uh, anecdote about um, Boca that we might not be aware of
3: yeah this this was an interesting one because I think again when when he came in as a 16 year old we can thank probably Hilario he obviously is a part of sort of the backroom coaching staff now at Chelsea he apparently was was watching some matches and spotted him as a, as a potential goalkeeper, the club evaluated him and, and were very, very quick to sign him. I think that the Barcelona were actually also looking to bring him into their academy. So it was quite a coup at the time that we managed to actually, you know, kind of take him from, from Barcelona's academy in Poland over to Chelsea. So, yeah, that was uh, quite an interesting little anecdote about how he actually came to the club.
0: You know, we're looking at some stats, obviously, 22 appearances uh, in the last year. Pretty disappointing he didn't score any goals as apparently that's what they wanted to track in a goalkeeper. Uh, But Nick, overall, as we look to the future, um, there is, you know, some potential shakeup Courtois getting close to the last 12 months of his contract. Um, You had actually specifically called out for a a youth or development squad goalkeeper to be promoted to the third string. We just saw that Eduardo was released doesn't mean he won't be re-signed. Uh, this kind of fits into your master plan uh, as you projected forward.
2: That's right. And everyone knows my master plan is the best plan. So I think that we're all in agreement that I should be the new club technical director. Um, so sign me up whenever uh, whenever you can. Uh, no, I look, I, I think the uh, the possibility for someone who has been through our academy or or just been out on loan for a year or two to come back and fill that third spot is a massive opportunity one i think it gives you a homegrown squad member without really having to sacrifice much um, in terms of um you know what you would consider to be overall talent or need and two like i just i really like the idea of rewarding um younger types of players with the opportunity to be a part of the first team. And I think that even though Ruben in, you know, previous seasons didn't play a ton, uh, I think he learned how to be a winner from, you know, more experienced players like Eden Hazard and, you know, Frank Lampard and people like that. So uh, I think this would be a great idea, you know, whether it's, it's Bulka or, you know, a player that we'll talk about in the, in part two, which is uh, Jamal Blackman, I think, the opportunity there is is massive. And, yeah, we should all buy heating for Mark Worrell's CFC UK stall, guys. Why haven't we done this yet? Come on. We can crowdfund that for sure. But uh, as
0: you said, he seems to be the most promising uh, goalkeeper at the academy as it stands right now so um we'll, we'll kind of see where he goes but really like the the potential that we that we have in in the polish goalkeepers so uh eyes on that spot the next one tweeds i'm going to bring in right away is dujon sterling this is uh a 19 year old english defender if you don't know it this is and, and correct me if i'm wrong tweeds he is essentially broken i think we talked about this um um. Oh my gosh! The Dutch Speedy winger, came, Robin, are in Robin's like uh essentially records from speed and turning and athleticism. He's just a an, an absolute freak of nature, isn't he?
3: Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. So yeah, just a, a small recap of that story. I and Robin had this sort of agility, pace, kind of power testing where they sort of sprint in kind of angles around sort of training poles. Um, it's one of the tests that Chelsea do every preseason just to measure kind of the explosiveness of players and Dujon Sterling I think came in as a 16 year old started doing a bit of first team training got put through that test and actually not only beat Arjen Robbins record and you know if you can think of Arjen Robben as a player his ability to sort of dip in and out is one of the probably the, the greatest things that's ever happened in, in modern football Sterling I think beat him pretty comfortably as well so you know you're talking about someone who not only has exceptional kind of straight line speed but as an actual athlete that sort of side to side motion as well he's probably the best athlete at the club by, by some distance I'd say
0: so he also got his first team appearance this season in the League Cup. Um, do you feel like he has the versatility to play wing back or a traditional outside back system? Because I believe the the youth team they played a four back set, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably Sterling's eventual position. I think he'll be a, a winger eventually. Um, but he's kind of sort of a, a very unique player and that he's probably just the like the entire right hand side of the pitch he can be a, a right back he can be a wing back he can play right midfield in a 4-4-2 he can play right wing but I think eventually probably his, his skill set is going to take him to be a, a right winger he'll be incredibly aggressive you know he'll have pace that I think will trouble any any Premier League fullback or you know any fullback that, that he plays against but I think eventually he'll be a he'll be a, a right winger, but yeah, he's he's played primarily sort of right back, right wing back for the uh, for the academy over at least probably the past two seasons.
0: Dan, he has a ton of experience at Chelsea now, having over 102 appearances with that youth and reserve team. Um, it's exciting to hear that we have someone with such like of a spark and electricity coming through. Uh, but as you look at the right side of our team, you know you, you've got quite a few players already there. Uh, depending on who we keep or sell, what do you think his prospects are of, of potentially getting more opportunity in the first team this coming season?
1: So we're looking at someone who's now made over a hundred appearances for our under eighteens and in across Europe and then also in our developmental squad too. So in in that scenario, like he's kind of put in the right amount of time and definitely has the talent. you know, I think he he could be a consideration for a loan opportunity if the depth chart just looks a little too stacked you know if he's not going to be getting you know more than 20 minutes you know maybe every other week or every couple weeks there's you know he would in my mind then become someone that we would want to make sure is playing you know 50 60 70 minutes and you know i just worry that you know with The you know with even with Europa League options that he might not get the right opportunities and you know clearly extremely talented so I I would just be concerned because obviously the right wing is an area of opportunity for us kind of looking ahead to who we will kind of consider for transfers but uh, he needs to play and I think that's going to be a common theme through a lot of the people we discuss
2: correct and the only thing I would call out here is you know I think we can wax poetic on his ability all days you know it seems to me Joe like he really stepped up and became a leader uh, which is fantastic to see at the club and you know I, I know that he didn't uh, maybe have as great of a season um, in 17-18 as he did in 16-17 but he's certainly a guy that if he continues to develop leadership ability you, you can't have enough leaders at the club I think as we've learned over the last couple of years so I would look for him to maybe go on loan come back and, uh, and really establish himself
3: yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think probably something interesting to keep an eye on will be obviously with Jody Morris and Thank Lampard at Derby. You know, they are quite a, uh, let's let's put it politically correct, they're quite an experienced team. Um, I think
2: potentially,
3: uh, they would probably look at someone like Dujon either to come in and play right midfield or, or even as a, a right forward for them. And I think that would be a really, really, really good fit for him. But yeah, I mean, just on the leadership thing, a very quick thing, which I always find quite funny. You know, he's he's quite a sort of a kind of gregarious character. He's got quite a big personality. And sometimes, if you catch him at the right time on on Instagram Live, you'll see some of his funny comments. I think someone asked him once about uh, about Tottenham, and his uh, response was quite colourful about Tottenham. So I think Chelsea uh, Chelsea fans have got no real uh, concerns about his loyalty to to the badge or his affiliation to Chelsea. So that's always one of the things I like about him as well. He's very much a uh, a Chelsea kind of fan, Chelsea player. So yeah, I I, I really really like him.
0: No, I love that. That Keep that tradition alive in the uh, the academy there. Um, all right. Well, and just so you guys know, I know we're kind of short on some of these players, like I said, but we're, we're trying to get through as many as we can. Happy to do a follow-up. Keep us honest if you guys want that. But the next one is Trevor Shalaba, the younger brother um, of Nate Dog. 18-year-old English center back. Now, he uh, did make the bench for the FA Cup final, which is kind of an interesting little situation there that that we found ourselves in. Um, but he, you know, dating back to 2013-14 season, again, has made over 100 appearances for the youth and reserve team. Uh, even has a few goals in his name, you know, but I think that that's when he was in a midfield position. Nick, as we look at it, to me, I think this is going to be tough for him. It is great to see uh, him make the bench for the FA Cup squad, whether it was kind of out of necessity or, you know, because he was the best option at the time. Um, but to me, our center back right now, the way the squad stands is the deepest position we have, which means it's only going to be tougher for him.
2: Yeah, and it, it, we're kind of assuming a four back switch next year um from you know what we've been running the last couple of years so yeah i would agree with you that the depth there is is going to be a challenge for him you know i i will pass it to joe because i think he knows more about the contract situation and what uh kind of went on with with nate and you know how they're kind of linked together but uh, it seems to me like he's a bright future a pretty athletic guy maybe not a center back fully maybe he'd be an outside back or something, but. Uh, yeah, Joe, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he's an interesting one. He sort of alluded to the contract situation there. Um, you know, he probably had maybe between five and ten offers to go on loan last season, both domestically and abroad. Um, but because of his contract situation, I think maybe people are starting to, to wise up to the fact that Chelsea won't necessarily let young players leave out on loan um, unless they've signed a, a new contract that takes them into their early 20s. Um, You know, Trevor Chalibur, obviously looking at how Chelsea handled his brother, was a little bit, you know, kind of a suspect of of signing new terms. But I think as we saw towards the end of the season with the new contract, um, started training with the first and becoming a bit more included. I would imagine this season that he goes out on loan. I would like to see him go to a, a championship club. I think probably at his current age, he'll be playing in kind of a defensive midfield role. He's obviously got the aggression, he's got the size, he can pass the ball off both feet. He's a very good footballer, but he's, he's, he's very strong and aggressive as well, which I think championship teams will like. Quite quite uh, sort of some, some foreshadowing or, or some correlation with Nate, who obviously went to Watford at loan at 17, so I think that they potentially might both be playing championship football in, in their teenage years. Um, but I think potentially, yeah, long-term, that I, I think he'll be a centre-back, definitely has the talent to, to play for Chelsea, but I think you know for the, at least for sort of maybe the next two years, playing in a midfield role in the championship, I think, will probably suit him. Um, but I do think, long term, he does have potential with the first team.
0: It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, it, it, it'll be good. I think that um, again, a lot of these guys. He, you know, he's a big one. I think from a contractual standpoint, if he stays or goes. And, and you know, Joe, you said the club is adamant. You, you sign a new contract before you go on loan, or we have to have a, a different discussion. Which uh, I think that's where he will be. But again, a top performer for a team that what want the entire. Like season without conceding a goal, essentially, um, the entire FA Cup run for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it's just it, it's an impressive group, nonetheless. So, uh, continuing on in the defensive standpoint it is one of my favorite players to watch: Reece James, another eighteen-year-old English defender/slash midfielder. Again, talking about how many of these players are English. You know, I was just talking with one of our listeners via email about you know the the issues we have on the first team. You know, buying drink water, buying Barkley potentially uh, to, to fill homegrown status uh, quotas. And, and all these guys, if we can just get them over this hump, you know, they can they can fulfill a lot of that. And, you know, we talked to Clayton Bierman, how much he loves the idea of having an English tor- court to to the team. Chelsea have definitely put themselves in a good position for that. Uh, But anyways, uh, I I don't know what I should add to this, except the fact that Joe, you literally wrote a scouting piece on Reese James. Um, But I would just like to point out his pace and his directness of how he attacks other teams is fantastic. And he has uh, he has great delivery from across.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think his development has been probably one of the most pleasing aspects for, for people who watch youth team football, because I think in the, the piece I wrote, he was always considered a pretty good prospect. But in the past sort of 18 months, he's really kind of accelerated himself to kind of the front of the conversation. And, you know, to win the, the young player of the year award the of someone like Callum hudson Adoy who had a completely sensational season, is no mean feat, particularly for a defender. You know, I think that was one of the points that I made got called up to three separate England age groups, which again is, is very, very difficult to do. And I think I can't actually recall the last player who, who played for three separate age groups in the same season. Obviously won the Young Player of the Year, sorry, uh, young young player at, at the tournament, more the same as what Billy Gilmore has won this season at the uh, Toulon Tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, he's one that, that's one to keep an eye on. You know, he's, he doesn't have uh, Dujon Sterling's kind of just raw athleticism, but you know, I don't think many players do. What he reminds me of is is a slightly more refined version of of Branislav Ivanovic when he was at his peak. He's got a lot of power. He's he's up and down the right flank, but you know his his delivery, his ability in the final third for a fullback is is exceptional. You know whether it's cut back crosses or just his ability to sort of whip the ball in. You know he's got that kind of rare ability for a fullback to to always kind of put in a dangerous cross. And I think again, when you're watching people like Victor Moses and and even Marcus Alonso in the final third, some of their crossing you know leaves a lot to be desired for for a professional fullback, So, James, I think he's got a chance. Again, I think that's, you know, someone that Jody Morris and Frank pub will be very, very interested in to take to Derby. Um, I think, again, he'll probably, probably go out on loan, although I, I do think he's definitely ready to back up whoever is going to be the first team right back next season. But, you know, from a physical standpoint, he has all the tools that you would want. He's incredibly strong, incredibly powerful, very, very aggressive in the tackle. He's a natural leader. Um, again, come through the academy, another one of these players who is very, very Chelsea at his core. But I think, you know, he's a modern fullback. And I think, you know, at the club at the moment, I don't think we necessarily have a modern fullback. Maybe Emerson Palmieri, but we haven't seen enough of him. But on the right-hand side, you've got someone who is equally capable defending, equally capable playing in midfield, equally capable in the final third. So I, I do have very, very high hopes for him.
2: That's a massive, that's a massive endorsement. Uh, I think the, the thing that really excites me about him is just the kind of universal love he's been given from you know most people who have watched him play for the last three years uh i think his development over the last year was incredible and you know let's see what happens you know maybe it might be a situation where you know he he is the the backup right back and we actually have a chance to groom him into a position because that was an area that we highlighted dan uh in our in our keeps alone with the first team that you know might need a little bit of work depending on on who the manager is so it, it could be a possibility
1: yeah, I, you know, and I think the uh, the the cool thing is you think about some of the managerial candidates that we've discussed, uh, you know, Blanc or you know, particularly sorry having, you know. Intelligent footballers who are capable of uh, you know playing the ball around and, and working it out, both centrally and then also through the flanks. You know, Rich James kind of ticks a couple of nice boxes. And I think the biggest uh, point, if you have read Joe's article on it, uh, is he makes the case for, uh, for you know, Liverpool's uh, TAA and talks to, about, you know, if, if you can run the risk on that, like why can't Chelsea, with all the talent that we have, uh, do the same type of thing and, and expect potentially similar success? So... Uh, especially when you have so many talented youth players to choose from
0: yes Liverpool's fullbacks man they were bad so they had a lot more air of improvement I'm excited though to kind of freshen up this squad potentially um, you know look at those outside positions like we said there's barely you know if Zapacosta moves on uh, as we mentioned Moses, you know, give him a young backup. And, and I think that's nice from a, you know, if we get some of these guys into that first team, they are going to be fighting so hard to get any kind of minutes Where sometimes those established professionals, they get comfortable, uh, in a rotation or anything like that. And I just, I would love to see some of those guys get in there and, and fight for the minutes, but we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Uh, next one we have up is Juan Castillo, 18 year old Dutch defender and midfielder. Um, you know, as we, as we kind of talk about these guys, they're getting so much time. Uh, the last one, Reese James, 83 appearances in the last four seasons, essentially 71 for Castillo in the last two seasons. That is a ton of playing time. Um, even is able to chip in with goals. He had six last season across all competitions. Um, Joe, I, I, I guess I'll just open it up for you again to kind of take the lead on, on Castillo. Um especially since he he does kind of play a different couple positions. Where do you stand on your outlook with Castillo in the first team?
3: Yeah, I think he, he's another sort of exceptionally talented player. And, and I think, again, when you saw him in the Checker Trade Trophy, when you're sort of comparing some of these kids when they're playing as adults, OK, you know, they're not the quality of Premier League players, but physically a lot of players in League One, League Two are, uh, Incredibly strong, powerful guys. You know, watching Castillo sort of fly into tackles and take on sort of men at, at, at sort of his age is is very impressive. But I think again, he he is another one of these modern fullbacks. He reminds me a bit of Patrick Van Aanholt. I think he's he's a better player at the at the same age than Van Aanholt was. Um, very very aggressive attacking left back. Fantastic crossing. As you say, this is a guy who likes to come in as well. And, and, fin- and does finish off moves. So there's a little bit of. Uh, Marcus Alonso in the way that he kind of gets into the areas to to finish as well. But, you know, I think, again, he's another one who I look at the first team left back situation. And when you're talking about managers like Sari and Blanc and how they use fullbacks, you know, Marcus Alonso's sort of lack of pace and, you know, compared to Castillo, I mean, it's, it's a real, real kind of night and day situation where... Castillo is probably the better fit from a technical perspective. I think he, he's slightly better on the ball than Alonso and he's definitely more, more prone to overlapping as well. Often plays on the same side as Hudson-Odoi, so you can imagine how many problems that they've given youth teams this season. But yeah, an, another in, incredibly talented player, obviously a, a Dutch uh, youth international as well, but I think this this is someone that I think we need to keep an eye on because I, I was a bit disappointed when we when we let Ake go um, and, and also Van Arnold. I thought they were both quite talented, but maybe Ake more so, but I think Castillo potentially at least from a positional sense, you know, again, same as probably Dijon Sterling can play, you know, left back, left wing back, left midfield, probably could play as a left winger quite comfortably. So, you know, he's another one that's got a lot of positional flexibility, but I think hopefully eventually you'll, you'll get a very, very attacking left back out of him and, and someone that I imagine, you know, if he was maybe three or four years further in his development, someone that Sari in particular would be looking at as, as, as a potential starting candidate.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, the other thing that I would kind of highlight. So you know, he came just from you know Ajax, you know. So obviously you know you're going to hope for a great kind of technical acumen, which I think he's displayed uh, both in the U18s and also in the development squad this season. But you know, then you're going to look at the fact that you know he he does have a contract that's up in the eighteen nineteen season. So you know, if he is going to go on loan, expect him to you know get some type of extension put together so that we can. Uh, look to put him in a good situation because, you know, I mean, the yeah, the alternative is that you sell high on someone like an Alonzo or uh, potentially another one of our you know, left backs or, or wingers and, you know, hopefully then create space for him to supplement in the first team. But uh, I think he also could benefit from, again, continued play time. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest uh, drum that I will continue to bang this entire episode is, you know, if they are going to stay, it has to be, with an intention for them to get, uh, you know, not not significant, but, you know, a, a, a standard level of playing time to help them continue to grow and elevate their their status and standing.
2: Do you think, Joe, really quick, do you think uh, that a loan to perhaps like, you know, France or the Bundesliga might be best for his development, considering who's in front of him at, uh, for the first team?
3: I think if he, if he signs a new contract, I would expect uh, a lot of German clubs to potentially come in and, and try and take him on loan. Um, I don't think necessarily he's the type of player that's going to thrive in, a, in the championship um, unless he goes to sort of the absolute exact right team. But yeah, I would, I would like to see him potentially move to the Bundesliga. Uh, maybe not someone like Dortmund, maybe Hoffenheim uh, or someone else, someone like that would, would be able to take him. But yeah, I think potentially he's definitely a loan candidate.
0: All right. Look, the left side is stacked, uh, especially compared to the right. So uh, it's going to be tough for him. But that's why we have a lone army, which will be coming in another episode. But anyways, the next one we have on our list is Billy Gilmore. And and while we had already had him selected, it is even more exciting uh, after this Toulon tournament to talk about him. So he is... Um, uh, 16 going on 17 years old, depending on when you listen to this pod. Uh, recently, Sky signed. Um, came from Scotland, actually, just literally just a kid. Uh, he has already made 34 appearances in his first season with Chelsea uh, and eight goals as a midfielder. So, uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, Dan, as you as you kind of pulled some of this information, uh, when you look at his Toulon tournament, um massive amount of success uh on the international scene as well as at the youth levels for chelsea
1: yeah, just, just crazy at this kid's rise, and definitely, you know, he's, he's got some rocket fuel in there. When you think about the fact that he is the youngest ever to score in in that level uh, for an under-21 call-up for Scotland, and now he's also the youngest individual to wear the captain's armband for, uh, you know, the Scots as well. So, really, just, you know, he's also is the uh, young talent of the tournament award, and he also, you know, scored a, a pretty nice, uh, you know, goal as well, and uh, he, he just has looked I- exceptional. It looks like a really, you know, smart signing from the club, got it from Rangers for, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty fair price when you think about how quickly he's integrated in, and, you know, probably would benefit from, you know, one more year year with the academy, maybe moved up into the developmental squad versus the under-18s, but I, I think, Nick, he's just He's looked sharp. He looks intelligent on the ball. He doesn't seem to be pressured when people are closing down on him. He takes the time to make the right pass and, you know, also has a goal from distance, which when we think about where our problems were or where goals need to come from for Chelsea in the future, midfield is, is where we should look to not just for our forwards.
2: Yeah. He, he has, you know, future star written all over him. Uh, From what I could tell during the FA cup run that, Uh, that the squad went on he he had full control uh, over what (laughs) what was going on in the midfield maybe has a little bit of uh that lampard magic in him uh you know that that will kind of uh be fleshed out over the last uh, the next couple of years but he's a guy who's you know 17 who wants to go play you know under 23 because he's that good and, and wants that experience joe that's that's pretty damn impressive from a mentality standpoint
3: yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the uh, the interesting thing about him is he was originally brought to be a, a, a Mason Mount replacement. So when Mount went on loan, the club were looking for kind of a similar player to sort of slot into that role. And, you know, I remember speaking to, to Jody Morris a little bit earlier um, in the sort of pre-season last year about him and just to get an idea of what sort of player he was. And, and Jody was, was quite high in him. he thought he had a lot of potential. But I think even the club will be quite surprised at, at just how quickly you know, he, he's developing from from what they bought from Rangers. And again, you know, he's another one of these midfielders. So I think, you know, you're talking about 16, 17. He's got a lot of room to grow physically. I think, you know, hopefully if he if he can be sort of between the sort of 5, 10 and 6 foot range, I think we'll be quite happy with him. But he's, uh, yeah, he's an exceptionally gifted player. If, if you didn't miss, I, I can't remember which team he scored against, but he scored a pretty exceptional goal. Very, very lampard escalate late run into the area, nice touch and sort of shifted his weight and finished it in the bottom corner. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really high on him. Um, you know, I, th- I think you're right. I think he needs to be around development football probably for, for another season, maybe two. Um, but I think his his potential, you know, loan destination, whether he moves into the first team, will probably be, be linked to to his physicality. So as he grows, hopefully uh, similar to Mason Mount, who again was probably quite a similar size at the age group and then had a bit of a growth spurt. So you know, if he grows, I think potentially you're seeing someone who at least from a from a style standpoint, does remind me of Frank Lampard quite a lot. He's maybe a bit a uh, bit more technical on the ball, um, great eye for a pass, great engine. But you know, he has that that kind of innate sense of timing, which I think was probably one of the peak things of, of Lampard's career was when to make the run, when to shoot, when to pass, that sort of thing, which some players don't really learn ever in their careers. He he already seems to have that down at sixteen, seventeen. So, yeah, I think one more year in the academy, but I think he's someone to look out for potentially. Uh, Next season could be the uh, FA
0: Youth Cup captain. One small, minor, minor clarification is that he was the youngest to where the captains are at the 21 level, just in case anyone's getting a little itchy over that. Um, but if you do want to get to know Billy Gilmore a little bit more, the club actually did a little day in the life segment on YouTube about him. Uh, so go and check that out. Uh, give you a, a little idea of, of him as a person, and it'll test you to see if you can really understand a Scottish accent because it's a lot harder than you think for us Americans. All right. So so Tweed, as we kind of look at George McEachern, just a style of play without, you know, trying to over compare him to to his brother. Um, what kind of makes him stand out for you in, in the sense of, um, you know, his role that he's had in an English, you know, kind of a U18s level is also, you know, his just role in the Chelsea Academy team.
3: I think probably that the best way to describe him is that he's a catalyst you know he he is someone who generally tends to impact games you know he's got a lot of assists he scores a lot of goals he's very very key sort of to to kind of create attacking impetus and you know you see him come off the bench a lot and and kind of he has this sort of unique ability to kind of drag the tempo upwards and start sort of uh, taking control of the game you know i don't want to necessarily compare him to his brother too much but i mean stylistically you know, they are quite similar, and uh, they're both sort of very ball-playing central midfielders. I think George maybe um, potentially has a lot more end product, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that Josh didn't at youth level, but you know he's he's more of a goal threat. I think he's more prone to play that kind of killer pass in the final third. But yeah, I mean he's another player that I really like. I like watching him at youth level. I would be a little bit. Uh, maybe a bit more cautious about predicting where he's going to be as a sort of full-time professional adult player. Um, I don't know necessarily if he has the sort of defensive capability to, to play sort of midfield. I'm, I'm not sure he has the kind of skill set to play out wide. He's kind of a bit of a, a hybrid of a sort of number eight and number 10, but yet another really, really fascinating player at a youth team level. And I think potentially, you know, particularly when you see how he impacts games, I think this season, if he remains in the academy, it's gonna be quite crucial for him in this development because I think for him personally, he needs to show that he's a starter. You know, he, he's often kind of like the twelfth man or the sixth man in basketball. He's the guy that can come on and, and play and impact stuff, but whether he can do that from the start consistently, I think will define pretty much, you know, his his kind of uh his career, at least at Chelsea, whether that's out on loan or whether it's with the uh, the under eighteens or under 19s
0: I mean, Dan, it's gonna to be tough for him to get into the first team with that kind of a skill set. You know, to me We've even struggled with Fabregas this season, and, You know who's someone who can unlock a pass and be a bit of a catalyst and things like that. So I think from his development standpoint, as, we, as Joe has pretty much given us the option, I think that getting into a midfield in the first team, I mean, it is harder than ever at Chelsea. Um.
1: Uh, it's it's hard to get to any position on the 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 first team. Um, you know, it's so I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, you're getting him to level up in some capacity beyond the the U18s. You know, you think about the fact that he's had 60 appearances, and you know, out of those, you know, 56 of them came in the last two seasons, uh, and he has only made a handful of starts for the you know the the development team. It's it's probably time for him to be pushed up to that level and and asked to compete at that level before looking at what comes next for uh, McEcrain. So I, I think there's opportunity there, but you know he from all the midfielders that we have to choose from, you know, he he's going to have a really hard path to kind of go. And again, you're, you're rooting for every Chelsea player to do well, but the reality of it is that there are limited spots for you know, a youth player to progress into that, that situation. And he is on the, uh, kind of maybe the more closer to the tail end, even though he is talented in his role.
0: All right. Next one up is Deshaun Redan, 17 year old Dutch forward. All right. So this is his first, uh, season with the under 18s and dev squad making 32 appearances, 20 goals. That is a fantastic record, Nick, no matter what level you are at, especially, when you are a forward
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah typically you want to score goals so that that is good. I mean he certainly is a guy that I think uh, interchanged well um, when I was able to uh, to watch him uh, watch that team play in the FA cup run uh, has a a really solid uh, strike on him you know has has strength he he may not be the the biggest forward we've ever had, but certainly, uh, is going to grow. He's only 17. Um, he, you know, he grew up in that IX system and, and said that everything at IAX was very professional. But when I arrived at Chelsea, I couldn't believe my eyes. They monitor everything: what you eat, when you eat, what you do outside of football, how many hours you sleep. Uh, it may seem strict, but it's good for me. I want to be ready to make it at the top. Um, so he has ambition, Joe. That's that's a good thing to hear for a goal scorer.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I really like him as a as a player. And I think it's it's one of these trends that Chelsea are doing is that they're bringing in players who who typically are described as centre forwards. But Redan can play on the left, he can play on the right. He's kind of a little bit like a uh, sort of a, a Dybala time, uh, type player in terms of his style, that he can play sort of pretty much across the front three and be very, very effective. I think he's a great finisher. He links up play incredibly well. As you said, I think he's not the biggest, but... You know, I think he only needs to grow a little bit more because he, he's quite a uh, hes quite a robust character and, you know, he doesn't get pushed off the ball, particularly during that, that Checker Trade Trophy run. You know, he was playing against, you know, 28, 29, 30-year-old centre-backs and, and was holding his own. And, yeah, I mean, I, I see him potentially as someone who, if, if he can continue to grow physically, I think he definitely has the the technical skill set. He's a great finisher. Um, I think he's someone that that maybe has another season, maybe two in kind of development football and then potentially should go and... Uh, and, and look to play on loan and, and sort of uh, kind of almost like to treat it like a finishing school for himself to then potentially come back to the club. But, you know, this kind of new breed of forward that's, that's not quite a, a centre forward, that's not quite sort of a number 10, this sort of like a nine and a half or whatever the, the new terminology is going to be for that sort of striker who's a little bit of everything. You know, I think he's, he's definitely kind of uh, fits the bill for me in, in terms of that direction. And again, you know, I think another fantastic player who had an exceptionally good season. And uh, I think one that Chelsea fans should be quite excited about because if he does fulfil his potential, you know, particularly from a from a physical standpoint, I think, you know, you're looking at someone who, who could be a little bit like an Aguero, Dybala, that kind of sort of slightly smaller forward, who's tricky, who can create their own chances, who can get him behind, who can come short. He's, he's a very, very complete footballer. So I think the club are quite high on him. And I, I think hopefully, you know, in terms of his progression, if he can keep going, then then he's someone, again, that we can keep an eye on as someone who might eventually bridge uh, bridge into the first team.
1: I, I did like the the one quote that uh, Nick did not read is uh, he did have an interview where he said I want to be a beast for Chelsea and if you can't get behind a guy who's already like planting the flag on the ground and saying like I I want to be that player that's exciting but yeah everything that uh, that Joe said and Nick said cosign fully he, he's a uh, he's gonna be fun to watch especially if he kind of slots into the development team for the next season and we can continue to watch him progress.
2: Is, is that his future, Joe? Is he going to be a, a dev squad player next year and then maybe get loaned out the year after?
3: I think so, yeah. I think he's another one that probably needs to to just see how he how kind of develops physically. Um, I think if you chucked him into, like, the championship or, or maybe another team, say, in Germany or in Holland, he might get a little bit lost in the shuffle at the moment because I'm not saying that he he can't handle the physical stuff, but, you know, I think, again, you, you may be looking at 18-19 as his sweet spot for for going out on loan, but, uh, yeah, I would imagine, uh, he's probably going to be kept in the, the Academy dev squad for next season.
0: All right, well, going ahead and moving on to Martell Taylor Crossdale, essentially Redon's, um, you know, these guys went head to head all season when it came to goals. He's an 18 year old English forward. He had 13 goals in 27 U 18 appearances, almost one every two, uh, in total across all competitions. 44 appearances, 22 goals. Again, fantastic return as a forward. Uh, as the end of the season went, Dan, Chelsea, Youth tweeting on April 28th that uh, the leading Academy goal scorers this season are Charlie Brown at 22, Deshaun Rodan at 20, Martel Taylor Crosdale also at 20, and Callum Hudson-Odoi, someone we, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about, uh, was at 19.
1: Yeah, a prolific goal scorer, which is something you want to see. Um, you know i, I think it, it did not end up uh, like that and, you know crosssell ended up with uh, with 22. So uh, it did get closer to Charlie Brown's number there. But, but again, you know, someone that has the ability to, to score, has the ability to make in, intelligent runs into the situation, has had a, a lot of opportunity to play for the U18s and then has started to see some time for the under-21s. So, you know, he, it's you know, really a matter of, again, I think a lot of these names you're starting to hear might not be ready for the first team. But there's definitely an opportunity to help them level up within the academy because then you could, you could structure exactly how you want them to play and progress. So you can give them the right type of education and training. And I, I think there's still, you know, we've seen many successful loans um, that have you know, led to someone being signed by another club and then moving forward and successful loans that have put players into our first-team squad like Andres Christensen. And then you've seen even more loans that have just sucked. And the worst thing that we could do is push players into <laughs> loans that are terrible. Um, hashtag uh, free Lewis Baker. Uh, actually, wait, he's free now. Um, it's fantastic. But, you know, we, we, we just need to make the right kind of decisions. And I think he's at a point where he could use a little bit more training and development in the development
0: squad in the academy before moving forward into a loan situation. All right. Well, let's see. him. We've got plenty of promising on exciting attackers up top in the academy right now we are going to round this one out with maybe you know some might say our our, our favorite for last and, and that being callum hudson adoy the 17 year old champions league squad member unreal for 17 year old and, and, and nick i'll kind of let you rattle off his his year in review or kind of like short career in review but um let's see we have 30 appearances in total last season, 21 goals. Again, an amazing return uh, on that. And, and, and as we look at uh, a tweet from at deep underscore CFC, he's had a hell of a run lately.
2: <laughs> yeah. So 17 uh, year old Callum Hudson, Adoy, 23 goals, 16 assists uh, Euro under 17 champion world cup under 17 champion F a youth cup champion a uh, premier league under 18 champion and a UEFA youth, uh, youth league, uh, silver medalist, I should say. So a guy who, uh, is a winner, uh, electric, uh, you know, I think is, is the, uh, the adjective. I think we'd assign him. Uh, he's, you know, a guy who, when he was able to come on, he only made four appearances for, for the senior team, uh, this year. Um, you know didn't pull any punches I think really wanted to go for it was blazing up and down the pitch uh Joe this is this is the future if if there ever was one right
3: yeah um I mean to, to put it sort of very very simply he might be the best talent that we've produced in maybe the past five maybe seven years I, I don't say that lightly in some of the players that we've had in the academy but I mean when you look at someone who You know, you see a lot of players at Chelsea who are fantastic at youth level and thinking the likes of uh, Kakuta and Boga and Massonda and even players like Charlie Colquitt who are really, really good at youth team level. But maybe sometimes uh, their skill set doesn't always translate perfectly to to first team football. But when you look at Hudson-Odoi, you know, he, for me, in terms of what he could be, he looks like he could be like a Kylian Mbappe type player who has... You know, electric pace. He's incredibly direct. Has all the tricks in the world. Is an absolutely you know, superb you no know, superb finisher. He's one of the best finishers at the club. And I think if if the club are serious about youth development, and I've said this about a few players, but I think with Hudson Ladoy, this will be the real, real kind of litmus test of, of the whole process. If if Hudson Ladoy does not make it at Chelsea, then then we really, really have failed as an academy. You know, this is a guy who. I imagine in terms of next season, we'll have a, you know, a billion people trying to get him on loan. He could be a player that goes and plays immediately for someone like Borussia Dortmund in Germany. But, you know, he he is by far and away one of the best talents in the country. And we're talking about a guy who, who produces at international level. So he's not just a Chelsea system player. He can do it for, for England as well. And I think, you know, if you're looking at someone coming in like Sari, you know, what what he can potentially add to his game. You know, if you've already got probably probably the best raw skill set of any kind of current academy player. You know, you take away all, all the athleticism as well. This is a guy who links play incredibly well, understands his role as a forward exceptionally well. You know, I think potentially he is um, not just a, a Chelsea player, but I think he, he could be a potential superstar if the club get his development right. They can't, you know, this isn't a player that they can they can mess around, stunt, keep him around the club if he's not going to play first-team football. They really, really have to get his his development cycle correct because I do I do think potentially that this is a, a kid who could be uh, you know a, a JT level talent in terms of someone that we've brought through who could be a world-class player because you know you watch him play against a lot of these uh, kids who go on and play for for Premier League clubs at, at sort of international level in his age groups and you know there was a Spanish right back I think maybe in the uh, the World Cup last season I mean he he actually had to resort to rugby tackling Hudson-Odoi he was so frustrated through the entire game that he was getting roasted. And it's not just about pace. He can cut inside. He, he's got all the tricks in the world. I mean, this, this Spanish guy must have had a, a headache after playing against him. So, you know, big, big praise for myself. But I think, you know, I, I kind of echo what, what William has said in that this, this kid is, is exceptional. So I'm really hopeful that the club get things right with him. Is uh, yeah, as I said, if they don't, I think it's going to be one of the biggest, uh, biggest travesties and, and, and biggest kind of, uh, you know, indictments on the academy process. If he isn't a first team player within the next three seasons, you know, I don't think he's one of these people that needs to go out and loan for two, three seasons. You may just need a, a coach who has um, the confidence and, and who has the the faith in him that he can pr- kind of perform from day one. I'd be very, very happy if he was backing up a, a more experienced winger with the view of him playing, you know, sort of some significant minutes, but. I think, you know, in two, three seasons that he should be, you know, hopefully uh, opposite Eden Hazard as, as our right winger or forward. And then I think that would be for me the the kind of perfect ending to, to his sort of uh, initial early career at Chelsea. Because I think he could be a he could be a long term great here.
0: You know, obviously you've echoed this, but as we sat down with William and um, asked him who he thought one of the you know top academy players that had been training with the first team was. I mean, he didn't even hesitate. Uh, he said Callum hudson Doy. And he just talked about uh, the the immense amount of talent that that kid has, and and he's got his head on straight, and and he works hard in training. And he, you know, Williams says he's excited to see how he goes. And then you've got a, a little clickbaity, but. Uh, f2 freestylers did a video with him called him the next Neymar? question mark question mark question mark um but again that just kind of <laughs> shows you like that that he's getting a lot of attention from outside the club and to me i think that that's always uh, a good kind of litmus test it, it, you know because we can get it in our echo chamber we can kind of hype up our own players uh, more than maybe they do but when you when you see the amount of attention and respect that they're getting uh, at an international level and uh kind of from outside the club I, I think that's fantastic, so Dan, I will flip it to you for any last uh kind of chats on Hudson o'doy before you wrap it up
1: yeah uh the 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 cho cho train um is uh is you know kind of disembarking from the station uh, and you still have time to to jump on jump on it and uh you know kind of uh, enjoy the ride and uh, Lee Parker was also another individual that we spoke to who is around the grounds at Cobham all the time. And he called out Hudson Adoy as being one of the players that he was excited for uh, from a developmental standpoint. So <laughs> <and> Lee, <laughs>
2: Lee, Lee gave one of those exasperated Lee sighs where he's like, <sighs> man, like, this that, dude's that, incredible. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible Lee impression, though, Dan. Great job
1: yeah I know I really just aced (laughs) it
0: Um, basically you thought Lee Parker was on the episode right now it's great (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Hope we can uh, still be friends after this and maybe do another interview. So anyways, uh, with that being said, everyone, uh, that is the Youth Academy kind of in Some of our top performers and in, in, in where we think they will land, whether it's first team alone, staying at where they're at. Uh, but again, just a high level overview of the Youth Academy. If you want us to continue to go into players, we know we missed a bunch. But it just from a limitation standpoint, had to start with these guys. Let us know. We are happy to dial up tweets again and jump on on to kind of the next level as many as you guys want so as always let us know but again joe thank you so much for jumping on and, and sharing your wisdom with us and in the audience obviously we always appreciate having you on
3: yeah always a pleasure guys and uh yeah hopefully i'll have some uh, some internet proper next time we uh next time we speak
0: Nah, no worries at all so anyways Chelsea fans uh, continuing the summer journey through the uh, the club as a whole let us know what you guys think on all these players uh, obviously a ton of potential a great situation to be in um, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens now that Jody Morris has left to join Frank Lampard's staff at Derby County anyways look forward to part two where we go through the Lone Army I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about with that one but until next time Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high
2: If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast presented by worldsoccershop.com.